25. Even full hazmat gear could not prevent Alima from appearing immodest and just a little bit debauched. The suit she had selected was two sizes too small, stretched so tightly over her svelte curves that it was apparent she had decided to leave her underclothes, if she owned any, aboard the crippled falcon. Leia shook her head in weary amusement, wondering whom Alima was hoping to attract on the deserted planet that had jerked them out of hyperspace. Then again, had Leia spent her formative years as a dancing slave in a Kaluan real den or merely been a Twi'lek female, she too might have felt comfortable only when on display. Alima glanced back, no doubt feeling Leia's scrutiny through the Force. Is something wrong? Not really. Leia dropped her gaze to the Twi'lek seat area. Just wondering if that suit is going to split. Alima craned around to look, then gave a roguish smile. Only if I bend over. June came down the access corridor, holding Alima's utility belt and lightsaber. You forgot this, Jedi Rar. I don't think we'll be needing weapons, Leia said. The scan showed no animal life at all. Better to be safe, June said. Why, thank you, Jay. Alima raised her arms and let him buckle on the belt. When the short-armed Celestin had pressed his face against her stomach, she smiled and added, You're always so considerate. Silently cursing the Celestin's growing infatuation with Alima, Leia had C-3PO fetch her own belt and buckled it on herself. After a thorough inspection of the Falcon had revealed no trace of insect stowaways, the Solos had been forced to turn their suspicions in other directions. Their plan had been to keep Alima separated from her weapons until Leia figured out whether she was the one who had been sabotaging the Falcon. But no one had told that to June, of course. He was the only other suspect. Leia passed the Twi'lek four 20-liter buckets, then lowered the boarding ramp. A cool wind was hissing across the marsh grass carrying on its breath the fragrance of a carpet of nearby blossoms. Not far beyond, a ribbon of water purled past, vanishing into the dark wall of a distant conifer forest. It's stunning. Leia led the way down the ramp, carrying four empty buckets of her own. It reminds me of Alderaan, unspoiled and beautiful. Yes, it's very... natural. Alima was looking above the forest at a single jagged mountain silhouetted against the veined ruddiness of the nebular sky. Not a bad place to crash. Nobody crashed, Hong said over their headsets. And nobody's going to be marooned either, if you two will get under the drive unit with those collection buckets. On our way. Under her breath, Leia added, Hurt. I heard that. Good. When Leia stepped off the ramp into the grass, the ground felt soggy and spongy under her feet. She parted the grass and found water seeping up around the boot. We'll have to make this fast, Leia reported. The ground's a little soft here. Ready when you are, Han replied. Leia pulled on her hazmat hood and ducked under the falcon. She tromped down the grass beneath the hyperdrive hole access panel then positioned her collection buckets under likely-looking leak points. Only when she finished did she notice that Alima was out beyond the boarding ramp, kneeling over a magenta blossom the size of a Wookiee's hand. Alima, we're kind of in a hurry here. 
Leia wondered if the Twi'lek was intentionally dawdling, hoping the falcon would sink in the soft ground, and then she put the idea out of her mind. This was going to be dangerous enough without Alima sensing her suspicion through the Force. We can look at flowers later. Sorry. Alima glanced in her direction but did not rise. Are you sure there are no animals here? No insects or birds or flying mammals? The scan didn't reveal any, Leia said, and I've seen nothing to suggest it was wrong. Interesting. Alima plucked the flower off its stem and brought it over to Leia. If there are no insects or animals, what pollinates the flowers? Leia studied the blossom. Its structure was much the same as flowers across the galaxy, with stamen, anther, and pollen. Good question, Leia said, surprised the Twi'lek had noticed. I didn't think Ryloth had any true flowers. We have sex, Alima replied. And males who want sex bring I get the picture, Leia said. The answer is I don't know. Wind seems pretty inefficient, and that's about the only pollen transfer agent I can see. Han's voice came over their headsets. If you two are done talking about the birds and the bees, I'd like to change out this coolant line before the falcon sinks to her belly. It's my fault. Alima's voice assumed the same purring quality she used with June. I hope you can forgive me. That remains to be seen, Han said. Leia winced at Han's cool tone, but saw no sign that Alima had sensed truth beneath his words. The Twi'lek simply retrieved her own buckets and positioned them beneath the falcon, then curled her leku into her hood and pulled it on. Ready! Han grunted, and one corner of the hyperdrive hole panel sagged open. Toxic red coolant began to pour out. Leia quickly moved one of the buckets into position to carry the primary flow, then placed three others beneath adjacent drips. It only took a minute to fill the first bucket. Alima passed an empty to Leia and moved the other one out of the way. They repeated the process four more times, carefully placing the filled buckets five meters away, where they were unlikely to be accidentally overturned. Finally, the flow slowed to a drip, and Han said, We're done. Just catch those last drips and we'll be ready. Affirmative. Under her breath, Leia added, For all the good it will do. Relax, Han said. I can handle this repair. No problem. The final drops of coolant fell from the whole panel. When they moved the last buckets aside, Leia was surprised to find the first little bit that had fallen on the flattened grass was evaporating before her eyes. Look at that, Leia said. It killed the grass, Alima observed. That's to be expected. It should have killed a lot more, Leia replied. And look at how fast it's drying up. It's not that hot or dry around here. Alima shrugged. Maybe the grass is absorbent? She glanced at the vast field surrounding the falcon, then added, I don't think we need to worry about environmental damage. They carefully wiped the access panel down with absorption pads. Then Leia reactivated her throat mic. Okay, it's clean. You can close up now. The panel hissed into place, then Han asked, How much did you get? Leia eyed the buckets. About a hundred and twenty liters. That's all? Maybe one-thirty, Leia said. No more. A disappointed sigh came over the headsets. It'll have to do, 
but don't spill a drop. We need it all. Copy. Leia picked up a bucket, using both hands on the handle, and started up the Falcon's ramp. We'd better take it in one bucket at a... A liquid thunk sounded behind Leia, and she turned to find Alima holding a broken handle. At the Twi'lek's feet lay three overturned buckets. An 80-liter pool of hyperdrive coolant slowly spreading across the ground. Alima! Leia was trying to feel genuinely surprised rather than disappointed to avoid giving Alima any hint that this was exactly what she'd expected. What happened? The handle broke, Alima said. I'm... The Twi'lek's eyes grew large behind her faceplate, and suddenly she sprang toward the Falcon's prow in a diving roll. An instant later, Miwal and Cockmane dropped out of the ship's far side airlock, their blaster rifles spraying stun bolts at the place Alima had just been standing. Blasted Jedi danger sense. Alima came up on her knees, her hazmat gloved hands fumbling for her lightsaber. Did they get her? Han asked over the headset. Leia and Alima answered together, No! The Nogri spun toward the Falcon's prow and opened fire again, but Alima was already leaping behind a landing strut. Leia dropped her own bucket and started to circle behind the Twi'lek, fumbling at her lightsaber through the thick hazmat gloves. Wait! Alima cried. What's this about? Spilled coolant, Han replied over the comm. It was an accident! Sorry, kid. We were watching on the whole cam. You broke the handle. The four remaining buckets of coolant rose and went flying toward Miwal and Cockmane. The Nogri dodged easily, but the maneuver gave Alima time to pull off her hood and gloves and snap her lightsaber off her belt. Blasted telekinesis! Leia pulled off her own gloves and hood, then grabbed her lightsaber and continued toward the prow. Though she felt certain the colony was behind Alima's treachery, Leia could not help feeling hurt, angry, and confused. Somehow, the Twi'lek's vulnerability felt like a betrayal in itself, and Leia could not help wondering whether Jaina had really been as surprised as she seemed when Alima announced her plans to return aboard the Falcon, or if her own daughter had known the plan and kept silent about it. Alima glanced in Leia's direction, but then Cockmame and Miwal were fanning out toward her flanks, firing as they ran. The Twi'lek spun from her hiding place, her silver blade deflecting the Nogri's stun bolts back at them as she ran. Han continued to chatter at Alima over the headsets. What I can't figure out is why. What'd we ever do to you? We told you, Alima insisted. It was an accident. You kicked over the buckets. We had no choice. Alima launched herself through the air, flipping and corkscrewing closer to Cockmame turning bolt after bolt in Miwal's direction. You betrayed the colony. We betrayed them? Han was incredulous. Saba's the one lying up there half dead. You see? Alima landed. You blame the colony. We can't. She directed one of Cockmame's stun bolts into Miwal's chest. Let you poison the Master's Council against us. Miwal dropped to her knees but kept firing. Leia ducked under the Falcon's prow, ignited her own lightsaber at mid-guard, and raced to attack. Alima did not even show Leia the respect of turning around. 
She simply raised a leg and planted a hazmat boot squarely in Leia's stomach and sent her flying back into the landing strut, then directed a second bolt into Miwal and turned all her attention to Cockmame. How's it going down there? Han asked. Ugh, Leia answered, trying to suck some air back into her lungs. Ugh, that good? Seeing that his blaster fire was doing him more harm than good, Cockmame tossed it aside and drew his favorite weapon, a thin Durasteel club, connected by a hilt cord to a short sickle. Alima continued her advance more slowly, her lightsaber waving a silver shield in front of her. Leia really didn't want to turn this into a killing fight, but neither did she want to die marooned on an empty planet. She pointed to the bucket she had left near the boarding ramp and used the force to send it flying at Alima then pointed at Cockmame's discarded blaster rifle and sent that flying as well. Alima pivoted away from the bucket and ducked the blaster rifle. Then Cockmame was on her, club and sickle whirling, lashing sickle low and club high, then sickle high and club low, hands flashing as he switched from one weapon to the other. Alima fell back, jumping, skipping, ducking, trying to land just one parry with her sizzling blade and send her attacker's weapon spinning away. Cockmame's reflexes were too quick for her. Every time she turned her wrist to intercept an attack, he reversed his whirling weapons, and hit her where she was unprotected, clubbing her in the ribs, slashing her across the thigh, always forcing her to retreat. Han continued to speak over the headsets. Hang tight, Leia. His voice was strained which was not surprising given the length and diameter of the twisting access tunnel that led to the hyperdrive coolant drain. Be there. Any time now. Leia pushed off the strut and rushed Alima with a heavy heart, though she still intended to capture the Twi'lek alive if possible. She knew a killing fight when she found herself in one. She reached striking range and activated her blade, swung for the head. Alima had no choice but to drop to her haunches, Cockmane was all over the Twi'lek, catching her weapon's hand with the sickle and whipping it around, slashing the tendons that controlled her fingers. The lightsaber deactivated and went tumbling away. Cockmane brought his club around for the temple strike, but at the last instant must have glimpsed the sorrow in Leia's face and dropped it below the ear for a knockout blow. Alima took full advantage of the switch, turning to take the strike on her leku, then continued around, bringing the palm of her good hand up under the Nogri's chin, putting the power of the force into the blow and driving him off his feet. Cockmame's head hit the underside of the falcon with a dull clang. Then he dropped limply into the smashed marsh grass. Leia slammed the butt of her lightsaber into Alima's head, striking to subdue, but striking hard. The Twi'lek staggered and looked as though she might pitch forward. Leia cocked her arm to strike again and felt one of the Twi'lek's legs catching her across the ankle, swinging through to sweep her off her feet. Leia landed on the back of her head so hard that, even with the soft ground, her vision began to narrow. She braced a hand by her hip and instantly brought her feet under her, but Alima was already rolling to her feet, facing Leia, her good arm reaching out to call her lightsaber. Leia reached out in the force and tried to wrench the weapon away, but her head was spinning, and the lightsaber floated straight into Alima's hand. With both Nogri lying limp and helpless in the grass, Leia was on her own. 
she didn't like her odds. Her ankle was beginning to throb, and she wasn't sure she'd be able to stand on it. Han? Almost out. A frightening darkness came to Alima's eyes, and she took one step toward Leia. Put down your weapon, princess. There's no need to fight us. Without coolant, the Twi'lek stopped mid-sentence, apparently realizing how she had been tricked, then said, You have extra coolant. Leia shrugged. The gesture felt like it would split her head. We had to find out. You can still lay down your weapon, Alima said. It would be better if you did. Leia eyed the unconscious Nogri. If they had failed to take Alima by surprise, it seemed unlikely that Leia could win a lightsaber duel, even if Alima would be fighting with her offhand. You're right about one thing, Leia said. There's no need for us to fight. I've been reaching out to Luke in the Force. Alima remained where she was, about five steps from Leia, safely out of attack range, but close enough to spring. And... And the Masters already know that something happened to Saba, Leia said. Her vision had returned to normal, but now her head was throbbing worse than her ankle. They know the Skywalkers might have a stowaway, too. My guess is they'll assume the colony is responsible. You're lying. You're a Jedi Knight. You should know I'm not. Alima's eyes narrowed, and Leia felt the Twi'lek probing her mind, searching for any hint of deceitfulness. Leia made no attempt to resist. The colony's best chance is to win the Master's support. Its only chance is for you to go to Ossus now and explain what really happened. Alima's lightsaber crackled to life. You won't win any friends for the colony that way, Leia pointed out. Alima shrugged. It doesn't matter to you? Leia began to drag the Force into herself preparing to pull herself to her feet the instant the Twi'lek even looked like she was going to advance. I thought you sabotaged us because... Leia let the sentence trail off, suddenly realizing how badly she had misunderstood the situation. Alima did not know why she had sabotaged the Falcon. She thought she was protecting the colony when she was actually damaging any chance it had of winning the Master's sympathies. And why? Luke and Mara? Or Ben? Leia's heart felt like it would burst with rage. You ungrateful! Alima sprang. Leia activated her lightsaber and blocked the Twi'lek's first attack, then stretched out with the force and used it to pull herself to her feet a dozen paces away. Alima started after her, coming fast but under control, and that was when a muffled thud reverberated from inside the Falcon. Han finally dropped out of the hyperdrive access tunnel into the aft service corridor. Alima glanced up and Leia had an idea. Han, I think she's figured us out. Leia screamed into her headset. She's looking toward the drive exhaust. The drive exhaust? Han managed to make his confusion sound like alarm. Well, stop her. If she cuts one of those, Han? Yeah? Enough, Leia said. Han certainly knew his own ship well enough to realize that the aft escape pod discharged a couple meters forward of the drive exhaust, and she would just have to trust him to figure out the significance of that. She has a headset too, remember? All right, just stop her. Leia raised her lightsaber and charged. Alima looked first puzzled, then worried. 
Then finally she pivoted away and blocked as Leia swung at her head. Leia kicked wildly at the Twi'lek's leading foot, forcing her to step back, then swung again at the head. Alima blocked and stepped into the attack, trying to work her way past Leia to strike at the drive exhaust. Leia attacked hard, smashing her knee into Alima's ribs, forcing herself not to look toward the escape pod hatch, to not even think about it. Alima surprised Leia with a spinning hook kick that caught her across the shins and sent her sprawling onto her face, just centimeters from the pool of spilled coolant. Han's panicked voice came over the headset. Leia! Stop her! Leia looked up to find Alima racing past, only three steps shy of the pod hatch but a full meter off to one side. She locked her blade into the activated position, then rose to her knees to throw her lightsaber at the Twi'lek's shoulder. Whether Alima sensed or heard the blade coming did not matter. She dodged away, and that was when the escape pod's outer hatch blew, catching the Twi'lek along her whole left side, buckling her knees and leaving her lying motionless in the grass. By the time Leia had scrambled to her feet and raced over to make sure Alima would not be getting up again, C-3PO was already riding the rear cargo elevator down with a hypo full of tranquilizer in his hand. Well done, Mistress Leia, C-3PO said. Captain Solo said all along that experience, give me that. Leia snatched the hypo from the droid's hands and knelt down to inject the Twi'lek, then nearly fainted as a terrible pain shot up her leg. Blast! If I'm going to make a habit of this... I really need to practice more.